This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. And even on a holiday Monday, it's time for our Zoomer Squad. We had some major developments in the long-term care file late last week, and I say major advisedly because it's not clear that they will lead to any action anytime soon. The Premier named the Independent Commission that will look into long-term care with a view to reporting next April, and that's a lot quicker than a full public inquiry would require, but too late for preparing for the second wave of the coronavirus. Also, we heard another long-awaited report on long-term care staffing, and this one was actually a response to another inquiry, the Galice inquiry into the Wetlawfer murders, and it recommended mandating four hours of care per day per resident. Now, Doug Ford keeps saying his government is taking action amid all of these reports, but I did not hear a solid commitment on this. And finally, there's criticism of the government's newly released contact tracing app, saying that it will not serve an older demographic because of accessibility issues. I'm not sure I buy that. So let's start there. First, let me give you the numbers so you can weigh in as well. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now I'd like to welcome David Kravitz. Vice President of Zoomer Media, Peter Mugridge, Senior Editor of Zoomer Magazine, and for the last time before her maternity leave, Marissa Lennox, Chief Policy Officer at CARP. Hi, everyone. Hi, Okay, Marissa, let's start with you and let's take on this contact tracing app. Uh, have you signed up for it? I haven't, though I was notified this weekend by Rogers of the app. Um, one person that I, I, I tend to look to for information when it comes to contact tracing um, and just generally speaking privacy is Anne Kavukian. And I, and I saw her interviewed on this and, and she really likes the app and she does believe that the app itself is protected, that no personal information is, is collected or retained, that no geolocation data is collected, that apparently all the data is erased after 14 days. Um, what's key about this app is that uh, – It'll only work if a majority of people adopt it, if a majority of people download it and they and they begin to use it. And, you know, experts have put that number at 60 percent. And I guess some people have concerns around um, the use of technology dropping off a senior's age. And I know David can probably speak much better to this because we do know with our own members when we've surveyed them, they are adopting technology en masse. But there have been some reports that as people get a little bit older, maybe in their 70s and 80s, that does start to drop off. And so I think that that's the concern. Okay, well, well, uh, okay, so let's move to David. Now, 
no, the, what my understanding of the objection to this is that it requires a fairly recent either iPhone or Android device within the last four or five years. And they're saying, well, older people won't have that. Mm -hmm. um, they refer to the elderly. I don't like that word. David, my sense of it is that people who use technology will have technology from the last four or five years and people who don't the people who call in here and say i'm not on email i'm not a, i i don't i don't have an iphone those people won't no matter what the requirement is um, do you think i'm right or wrong david i think you're partly right well i think you're right but i think in absolute numbers um there is a fall-off after age 75 towards age 80. Mm -hmm. um, below that, you have, I mean, the oldest baby boomer is 75 now, and baby boomers have embraced technology with both hands of all, all of our lives. I say that as a baby boomer, so there's no fall-off there. But with apps, it's a little bit different. You're right. They may not have the latest phone. There's also, um, even though they're online on the Internet and certainly on tablets big time, um, equal to or even more than younger generations. They're not as prone to be using apps, and they're very prone toward uh, you know, being very pragmatic. What is, what's in it for them? They're not as in love with technology for its own sake, just because it's neat or kind of interesting. The other problem with this one, and like Marissa, I did get the text message from Rogers about it. I've not yet downloaded it, is you need such a large population of users mm -hmm. before it even works, even if you bypass all the security and let's assume that's all okay. Um, so it doesn't have that immediacy of if I download it, here's what it's going to do for me right now. And I think it may be a bit of a slower curve. I do think it'll be a slower curve among seniors who are the very people that are the most vulnerable. Oh, interesting. I better check. I, I, you know what? I don't check my text messages that much. <laughs> I rely on email. I go. better check. I didn't, I didn't get the notice and I haven't uh, downloaded it and I'm not sure if I will. But uh, Peter, what about you? Have you downloaded it? You know, I have not. I, I actually have an older phone, so I don't, I don't think it would work on my phone. But um, I, I did a story on this on Friday on uh, everythingzoomer.com. And um, what I what I did was I tracked down a poll um, questioning Canadians on their willingness to download this, and only 29% of Canadians said they were likely or very likely to download. So I don't think we're going to get anywhere near the uptake we need for to make a uh, you know to make this technology useful. Okay, well I, I'm I'm with you there. I don't think that we will get anywhere we need. That seems like a big threshold, 60%. Yeah. Is it the, does, does, does anyone download 60% of any app? Well, maybe Google Maps or something like that, but, but getting 60% penetration into any app, it, it, it seems like a huge leap. Okay. Uh, uh, let me just uh, open up the phones. Uh, people, uh, let us know. Have you downloaded the app? Are you intending to download the app? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I, I also think that a, a lot of older people are not embracing stage three as much perhaps as younger people and are still staying closer to home. I'm, um, I haven't really personally changed uh, my habits because of stage three, though I have to say because we are working, I'm sort of moving around. Um, Peter, have you changed? Um, 
you know what? I I haven't really uh, changed my behavior at all. You know, like I I um I've been coming into work and I've been because we were media that we were allowed to come into work the whole time. So I've been doing shopping. I've been you know nothing's really changed for me. So so I I haven't uh, noticed anything. You know, David. No, no change, um, or no, you know, no abrupt change. We had already been having some people over social distancing. We have a we're lucky enough to have a large front porch, so we can have a few visitors and sort of sit beside them. Um, I've walked to the neighborhood stores for you know months now with a mask and social distancing. So I'm observing it, but I haven't suddenly said, "Here comes you know X number of restaurant bookings or anything like that." I think we're going to be a little right. conservative on that score, frankly. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, same same here. Probably I uh, probably shop a little more often. I'm not as careful to say it's only once a week if I run out of something too bad. And uh, sh- shopping in the neighborhood, and we do have people over, socially distanced, a bubble, but, uh, you know, and, and we've been on a patio a couple of times, but no, um, you know, no plans to sit inside in a restaurant, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, Ah, we have a caller about the COVID app. Hi, Cheryl in Thornhill. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yourself? Fine. Go ahead. You're on the air. So uh, what's the story? You downloaded it, right? I did download it, and I'm 72. But I just thought it was kind of funny or interesting when I was listening to all of you on there and saying, you don't know if you download it or you're not or you don't think it's going to work. Well, if you don't start downloading it, we're not going to get the percentage that they want. And a lot of people listen to you on the radio, particularly seniors. And if you guys aren't going to do it, I don't think many of them are going to do it. Cheryl, you make a good point. We are we're we're Guilty. letting down our side, and we we should. Uh, you know what? Our bad. I, I say on behalf of the squad, our bad. You're right. We should yeah, we right. should download it and and set an example. At least try it, and then you can say to people, well, you know, it's pretty easy. Well, and and in fairness, it's it's not that I I haven't intended to download the app. I I, I was notified of it, I think, one or two days ago. So I just haven't really gotten around to it. But I I do intend to. (laughs) But the way when I was listening to you, it sounded like you were all kind of, nah, I don't think I'll download it. No, on the contrary. In fact, I was quite pleased to see that this app is I agree. I haven't done it yet. doesn't mean I'm not going to. Okay. You know what, Cheryl? It's like sometimes we we have to be called out. (laughs) And thank you for doing that. Well, I know you were talking about the percentage and I thought well this isn't a good start yeah <laughs> you know what fair you, you are so right fair enough and and good for you for downloading it and for calling us out and I, I will do it okay okay and that was it that was okay bye bye <laughs> okay bye-bye bye okay she's right she's right <laughs> she's right um yeah we're all uh, guilty okay <laughs> guilty as charged let's yeah, move along so <clears throat> We had these two major uh, events, I would say, in the long-term care file. And and some of it is, you know, I, I went through that staffing report that came out on, when did it come out? On Friday, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pages and pages and pages of stuff. And the only, like, concrete thing I found was, okay, four hours. And I keep hearing Doug Ford saying, don't worry, we're on this, we're moving even as all of this information keeps coming out. But I didn't hear, did anybody hear a concrete commitment to staff up to that level? No. So 
What was interesting is, and, and one thing I was, you know, somewhat disappointed with the report was, was that it didn't specify a specific staff mix or staff to resident ratio. Um, it, it did talk about a minimum of four hours. Um, but I guess the expectation now is that the government looks to these recommendations and then puts together its own staffing strategy, which is expected to be released later this year. So it's more of a waiting game. Um, and I think, you know, what Ontarians, I think, would be frustrated, particularly those that are following this, fi- this file, would, would be forgiven for being frustrated with the government because it, it just seems like more pass in the buck, just more. Now we need another staffing strategy. Now we need, an, uh, you know, another report, this, that and the other. So um, having said that, there was a lot that made sense in this report, particularly around what staff ought to look like in these homes. So, for example, it talked about in homes where high, there are higher levels of cognitive impairment, um, residents may need more PSWs. That makes a whole lot of sense. Whereas in homes with higher medical needs, for example, maybe they need to staff up with more RNs. Um, and so it, it really talks about looking at the vulnerability of residents and the medical complexity of residents and then making a decision and setting a you know a series of guidelines based on that um, but then at the end of the day ultimately it is about the government coming together and, and putting together its own strategy based on these recommendations David well I think you're trapped here between two worlds I think if you're talking about quote fixing it for the long term or even the medium term uh, you do need a strategy you do need them to take some time where are these workers going to come from uh, who's going to hire them? Who's going to train them? Uh, how long is it going to take to recruit them? How many do you need anyway? Uh, so on the other hand, you're talking about we're still in the middle of the pandemic and we don't have enough people. Mm-hmm. Then that says emergency measures to me. Never mind the reports and the commissions and the strategy. When he had a crisis before with a small number of nursing homes called in the army because those are bodies, they needed bodies and they produce bodies to go in there and do stuff. Uh, so which is it? And if it's the emergency situation, I think that it's a, a absurd delay by the time you get your commission and your report and your inquiry. If you're talking about a longer-term fix, it may be reasonable, but it, it's kind of we're trapped in between these two imperatives, and I'm not quite sure which one is being addressed. Well, I'm I'm not sure either of them are being addressed <laughs> sure, right now. Being and, nice here. <laughs> you know, if 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 the danger of a second wave is in the fall, they've got to be hiring now, and exactly. there's no indication to me that they are, Peter. No, I I agree, Libby, and and a lot of these um, a lot of these recommendations, like um, improving the culture of the long-term care workplace, you know. Um, you know, uh, you know, achieving a level of excellence among workers, retraining—they're all very long-term goals that that need years and years of, uh, you know, placement in the system before it happens. And if we're going to have a second wave, then um, we sort of need a mass hiring and training and you know, outfitting with personal protective gear quickly, and not over the years. So I, I'm not sure what this staffing report is in aid of, other than. It was in progress before the pandemic, and they're just finishing it now. Okay, let's take a call from Eunice in Scarborough. Hi, Eunice. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, thank you. Go ahead. I have a comment and a question. I did uh, down, I'm 80 years old. I did download the uh, COVID alert app. Okay. But I keep, I'm hearing about the COVID contact tracing app. And 
I'm not sure. Is it all the same thing, or should I be downloading another app? No, this this is the. Um, it's not a contract tra- tracing app. It's an exposure notification app. Right. So they've gotten rid of. They they haven't followed up on the contract tracing element of it because they thought that was too much of an invasion invasion of privacy. Oh. So they, okay. they've just gone with the exposure notification. Oh, so it's just the alert if I'm near someone. Right. Not, right. Okay. Okay. And I think, I think you have to be near someone for, what is it, 15 minutes before you get the alert? Oh, yeah. okay. I, yeah, I, I know it's within two meters, and then there's, there's a certain exposure limit, but I, I don't know what the exposure time is. Okay, okay. I, I'm thinking it's 15 minutes. Eunice, good for you. Thank uh, you. you. You beat us to the punch, and um, <laughs> thank, thank you. you for your call. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, well, uh, let's get to some personal business here. As I said at the beginning, Marissa, this is your last outing before your maternity leave. Yes, sadly, it is. <laughs> sadly? Are you, how are you feeling, by the way? Uh, I feel great. Thank you. Um, I'm expected, I, I'm due at some point this month, <laughs> closer to the end, but you never know what could happen. Um, and I have a toddler at home, so my life has been pretty busy these days. Um, so, you know, I am looking forward to, to having a few weeks with her before the new baby comes along. Okay, well, uh, everybody hang on, because now we're going to bring in the man who will be covering for Marissa. It's Bill Van Gorder. Bill has a long history with CARP as the former chair of the Nova Scotia chapter and a member of the National Board of Directors. And in his other life, he's a consultant on the growth and success of charitable organizations. Hi, Bill. Good afternoon. How are you? I am very well. So uh, uh, tell us, are you uh, looking forward to uh, your new role? Well, I certainly uh, am. Uh, You know, at at CARP nationally, we've got a small but really skilled staff and huge enthusiasm around our hundreds of volunteers across the the country. So I can't think of a better situation that I could be coming into to look after things while Marissa is away. Marissa, what do you do? You have anything uh, to say to Bill as you uh, kind of do the handover? Oh, Carp is in very good hands with Bill. I mean, he's a very impressive man and has a very long history working in the not-for-profit sector and with other charitable organizations too. And um, I, you know, he was the first person that came to mind when we thought, well, who could fill? Uh, this position in my absence, and and I was so delighted to hear that uh, he was interested. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, thank- you're welcome. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, this too, and especially spending uh, more time with my uh, Ontario friends. You know, I I uh, uh, worked and lived in Ontario for over 25 years. Uh, I worked in Ottawa and Hamilton, Kitchener, Waterloo, and Toronto. So, uh, and I went to high school in Hamilton. Please don't hold that against me, Toronto people. Uh, but uh, so I, I really know your area, and I'm looking forward to regularly uh, talking Ontario with your listeners. Okay. Um, And, you know, we've been talking about long-term care today, long-term care in Ontario, but, you know, basically the situation across the country is, is, is all pretty dire. Well, it certainly certainly is, and you know, as as many as fifteen uh, or, or seven years ago, uh, uh, CARP started calling for 
many changes of long-term uh, care. Uh, they were ignored, and now we're paying the we're paying the price right across the uh, country. And uh, we just can't let that continue to happen. And frankly, what we need is action, not studies. Uh huh. How would you are you are you worried about the situation in Nova Scotia in the Maritimes as a whole? Uh, very much so, because uh, uh, although we have uh, the numbers have been a little bit less across the the entire Atlantic area, the long term care uh, facilities have been hard hit. Unfortunately, for instance, in Nova Scotia, the government is concentrating on just one facility and making it the scapegoat for what is uh, a problem across all long-term care. And it was only, you know, the poor luck of drawing the short straw that made this one facility uh, take the, the brunt of the, uh, the problem. And we can't allow that to uh, happen. Long-term care has to be improved and has to have huge changes. We need more home care and less uh, hospitalization kind of housing for our, for our older adults. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's the refrain across the country and frankly not just in Canada. It's, it's a problem elsewhere, though our problem is worse and we had the worst record of all the Western countries in terms of the proportion of deaths in long-term care, 80%. That is nothing short of a national shame. It is really, really just a shame. And, and Bill, by the way, we were talking about the, uh, the contact. It's not a contact app. It's a, it's a tracing app. Exposure notification. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you downloaded the app, Bill? I have not had the notification on my Rogers phone yet, so I'm wondering if it's taking a little longer to get out to this part of the uh, the country. But certainly I know about it and do uh, plan to download it, although we are very concerned uh, in the more rural parts of the uh, the country and in the lower uh, economic uh, areas, uh, those people living in those conditions in those areas are going to have uh, difficulty using this uh, app. So it certainly won't be uh, universal, but for those of us who can, uh, it can't hurt. It can't hurt. Um, we are starting to run out of time. Uh, Marissa, what do you want to uh, leave us with for uh, at least a few months, I guess, or, <laughs> or a year? Know. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, well, um you know what, I've just I've I've so enjoyed this position. Uh it's been challenging and um thrilling at the same time. And um I know that CARP is, is being left in good hands with, with Bill and, and also of course with David and the rest of the team. So I'll miss you guys, but you know, I'm only a phone call away. Right. So. And uh don't make it sound like uh you're you're gonna be back. That's right. I'm not in hiding. I'm just on mat leave. Okay. I'm actually starting maybe the greatest challenge of all today. I'm I'm hoping to to potty train my two year old. So. Oh. <laughs> so that'll keep me busy for a bit. Good, good luck with that, um, Peter. Uh, what are you watching for in the week ahead? Well, you know, I I just like to uh, welcome Bill on board. I, I've known Bill for years, and uh, he's got a great enthusiasm, and and it'll be. Um, I know he'll bring a, a, a sort of a outside Ontario look to the organization, which we've, which will be welcome too. And so um, I'm greatly looking forward to working with Bill, and uh, hope the next year can be filled with great achievements. David, 
Um, I, I want to wish uh, Marissa all the best, of course. It's been delightful having her uh, on the show, being on the show with her. And I expect to be in frequent phone contact in spite of Matt Reeve. I've known Bill for years, as Peter has, and worked with him closely on the carport and on, on other projects. So it's going to be a real pleasure uh, being on the show with him. And I think in the what I'm looking for in the next, not only in the next week, but in the coming weeks, is to really stay with this uh, long-term care thing, not just in terms of the news headlines, but what is happening behind the scenes. Are they really doing anything, or is it just optics? And um, trying to dig into what's really going on and seeing whether some meaningful changes can occur, because it's all too easy to say, well, you know, the headlines are fading, so there's another royal commissioner or commissioner or something. Uh, We're not going to let that happen. Okay, well, uh, I've also known Bill for years, but not that well. And I'm Bill, I'm uh, looking forward to working more closely with you and, and talking to you on a regular basis on this panel. And Marissa, wow, all the best. And uh, of course, we, we, we want to see that new baby as soon as she arrives <laughs> and uh, to stay in touch when that's possible and all the best. And, and um, yeah. Um, don't know what else to say. Thanks, squad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, th- I think that's probably a, a good note to wrap things up on. Thank you so much, Bill Van Gorder, David Kravitz, Peter Mugridge, and Marissa Lennox. Thank you very Thanks, much. Libby. Thanks, Thanks, Libby. Libby. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.